Chase is alive. He killed my friend, now he's coming for me. He's got a death curse. Jason's a legend. I'm Mrs. Ward, an old friend of the Christie's. Jason belongs to hell. You're doing if you stay here. Never come back again. You see, Jason was my son. And today is his birthday. Good evening and welcome to another episode of Return to Camp Blood. I'm your host, Nathan Barker, and joining me tonight is co-anchor Landon Evanson. How y'all doing? Now, it's been a couple weeks since we've had an episode, so just wanted to let everybody know we've had some technical difficulties, but we are back on track. We have uh, had a few messages, people kind of wondering what was going on since we've been a couple weeks out, but just to let everybody know, all that should be taken care of and we're back on track. So, with that being said... Tonight, we will be discussing a what if, and that what if has to do with what we refer to as Kane's army. Now, we have the highest respect for Kane Hodder, who has donned the mask four times, as many of you already know, and there are a ton of Friday fans who feel that Kane is the best Jason or the Jason, if you will, of the franchise, and that is totally fine. People are certainly entitled to their opinions. And I have no problem with that. But back on episode 100, we talked about our top Jasons, just our personal opinions. And that conversation basically sparked this episode. Now, what if, that being said, we will discuss tonight is what if Kane Hodder only played Jason in part seven? Would what we consider or refer to as Kane's army even exist? Would he have the legions and legions of fans who hold him as their so-called top Jason? Now, Kane does a great job of portraying the character, but if he stopped at seven, that could potentially really change the dynamic of those to follow. The way Kane moved and breathed as zombie Jason was certainly different from what we've seen from C.J. Graham in part six. Now, Lando, I know Kane was on your list from episode 100, but if he stopped at part seven, where do you think he would stand on the totem pole? I know we had kind of delved into like a top three, and uh, I think he would still be top five. But I don't I don't think he would be top three. I just I just don't see how that could be. And as you talked about before, I love Kane Hodder. I have nothing but respect for the guy. I mean, he's a fantastic human being and, you know, a great interview, all those things. But uh, I just don't see how a performance from New Blood would tower over everyone else's because then you start talking about those individual performances. Would you say that Kane's performance in part seven was better than Richard Brooker in part three? Would you say it was better than Ted White in final chapter? I'm thinking not. And like, like you said, you look at CJ Graham's performance in Jason lives, and then we move on to Kane Hodder and how would that influence people, you know, moving forward and how they, it really would depend. It would have depended upon, it's just like anything that you look at a baseball situation, like somebody tries to steal second base and now the way they're approaching the batter is completely different. He ends up hitting a double. And they're like, well, that would have scored a run. Well, they probably would have pitched him different if he had either stayed on first base or was successful in stealing second. So it really comes down to what would have happened in that situation. Would the director who took over, and you're talking about Jason Takes Manhattan, would they have said, okay, let's continue on with that? Or would somebody go in their own direction? Because as we've seen from film to film, performance to performance, there's been a lot of variation in Friday the 13th. You know, continuity has been a problem for a long time. And uh, I don't know. I, I just don't know if that would necessarily be the case. But goal performance, as great as Kane was in part seven, I, I just I, I, I can't sit here and say 
that I would rank him ahead of Brooker or White because I wouldn't, not just based on one. It really is that body of work. You know, people got so accustomed to seeing that performance, that style, and they really enjoyed it. It's great. I mean, it's, you know, it's very fun to watch. There's no question about that. But I think it's because we saw it four times that that's so ingrained with people. Like you said, Kane's Army, would they exist off of what film? Well, probably not. I mean, it's no different than Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, if Robert, Robert Englund only really played Freddie once, you know, and then somebody else came in and we've seen, I mean, it's it's hard to replicate something that's so classic. So I think everything changes when you're talking about a single performance as opposed to many. Yeah, absolutely. And Seven obviously being different portrayal of the zombie version. So if we just take that into consideration, we have zombie Jason and we've seen what we see in part six with more robotic and I guess maybe what you would call more zombie-like. I mean, not traditional zombie, but probably what you would expect from that type of character. You don't no, see I mean, CJ. It, it's true. I mean, the, the difference between CJ's performance and Kane's are night and day. I mean, CJ, I mean, yes, it's more robotic and maybe that textbook zombie, but in a way... It was just, you could almost see like that military background of CJ. I mean, it was just, it was soldier-like, you know, this is what, this is my task. This is what's in front of me. Oh, now there's something over here. I'm going to just boom, go right to that. And it was just, it was that, like, like you said, robotic, it was military in nature. And, you know, Kane, it was more about stalking about, it was more about the anger, the breathing, you know, so he added that element to things. But yeah, I mean, it's, there's really no similarity between CJ and Kane's performance, other than the fact they're both supposed to be zombie Jasons. Yeah, definitely no comparison. And once, obviously, you show something, like in Kane's performance and his portrayal, you go to part eight, and if you don't have those things, it's kind of like, what the fuck? You know, in part six, we've seen him not doing that. In seven, we see him in a certain manner. And then eight, he goes back to kind of how we've seen him in part six. So that certainly would make a big difference. When I mentioned following the you know that could change the dynamic of those to follow and it certainly would so they would basically be stuck trying to mimic what Kane did and I don't think many others could really mimic it in the the great way that he did and like I I definitely have a lot of respect for Kane I I see Kane regularly I think he's a great guy and I, I don't have a problem with what he did it's it's I've mentioned before in other episodes where to me personally we don't see zombies in other movies breathing that way, but is it okay for Kane to do that? Yeah, I don't, I don't have any problem with that, but it's just something that certainly stands out to me. But like you said, with only being in one installment, there are people who think that Ted White is the best Jason. There are people who think Richard Brooker is or Derek Mears, et cetera, et cetera. So, right. w- you know, since Kane obviously did play beyond part seven, we don't really know an exact answer without having seen other people try to portray it after him. Obviously we did in, in Freddy versus, and then the remake, but you know what I'm getting at in the original series. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, because I mean, I look at, uh, you know, Kurzinger, you know, Freddy versus Jason is a fun film. I mean, you know, if you love nightmare on Elm Street, you love Friday the 13th, even if you, you just kind of go into it, just accept it for what it is and don't think about it too much. And it's just like Jason X that way. It can be fun. You know, of course, it's kind of all over the place and that type of thing. But there really was no comparison when you look, we were so accustomed to Kane. And now all of a sudden we completely switched it. And it almost in a way, it didn't even feel like the same character. And that wasn't Kurzinger's fault. You know, it was just that's what we had grown so accustomed to. But like you said, 
people trying to emulate Kane, if you're talking about going into part eight, part nine, that's a very difficult thing to do. It's not, you know, that signature breathing, of course, yeah, that's part of it. But I mean, let's face it, let's be real. Kane has a very unique way of moving. There's like this rigidity in his shoulders when he moves that it's, I don't even know how else to describe it, but even when you watch the hatchet films, it's just, there's no mistaking Kane Hodder when he's moving for someone else. And so that in and of itself, you know, can be problematic. You know, you're trying to have people emulate what he's doing, but they don't resemble him in any way. You know, that's also an issue. Absolutely. And you just hit it perfectly with, uh, with hatchet. Obviously that's Kane. Anybody that, has seen Friday the 13th, obviously knows that, that Kane is playing that character and you're, mm-hmm. you're totally correct on that. But if we, even if let's just say hypothetically that Friday stopped after part seven, so no one even had to worry about emulating Kane, where would he be on the totem pole? And it, it basically, I still think boils down to a matter of opinion on what your take is with zombie Jason, whether you mm-hmm. like that labored breathing or you like the, the CJ Graham version, because we all know that human Jason was essentially uh, there was some continuity with the way the character was portrayed in, in some form. I mean, we didn't see human Jason with the labored breathing and all that good stuff. But when you saw Jason, it was like, Oh, okay, that's, that's a human. So right. there, there was, there was some continuity if that makes sense, as far as is two, three and four were concerned. Now, some people may say I like the, the Ted white violence and the way that he came through which was obviously different than what we've seen with Richard Brooker in some fashion, which I can mm-hmm. certainly understand people's thought process there. But Friday was a, a different Friday four. I'm sorry. was a different type of film compared to three, because really we saw a very limited Jason up until the end. And, but yeah. what we did see was that violent Jason that everybody wants to see. Whereas in three, we got to see a lot more Jason. So that's something that we've talked about before, but in my opinion, if Kane stopped at seven, He'd be on the totem pole, but I don't think we would have Kane's army. No, I don't. I don't think so either. And I always look at when you're talking about even just two to four. I mean, because five was a whole different scenario. But I've always looked at it as the progression of the character, kind of growing into what he was becoming. You know, not to get too red dragon on any of this, but it's just the idea. You know, part two. I mean, he he was just starting out with this. Part three with Richard Brooker, he was much better at it, but there was still a little bit of a clumsiness to it. By Tart 4, now Ted White, he was seasoned. He he was he had it down. He was good to go. And in a way, he kind of was relishing his work and what he was doing. So I think it was this that logical progression. But then you get now where he's zombie Jason with C.J. Graham. You have that performance. And then Kane added to that. Now you can maybe make the argument, you know, he was resurrected out of out of the lake and, you know, you've been there for some time. And, but there was an element that goes beyond the idea of that zombie. That's just mindless, that breathing and that aggression. It was almost like anger. And would a zombie really have, you know, that kind of emotionality? Probably not, but I mean, I love it. I'm not sitting here dogging it. I'm just saying when you, I think the mistake people make a lot of times with these masked characters, whether it's Jason, Michael Myers, whatever it is, people tend to not even look at the character itself and have any, what's the idea of motivation or what they're trying to convey or where they are in the arc of the story. And I think sometimes that can be a problem. It's just like, you know, sometimes it kind of makes sense what's going on now going from six to seven, like you said, uh, that that's completely different. But as far as the totem pole, like I said, if we had to 
if we were saying, okay, only, only new blood existed, there weren't any other beyond that, then one, two, three for me, it would be White, Brooker, and then Kane. I mean, that would be my list. I, I would still put Kane in that third slot. And you know as well as I, I mean, my all-time number one is Derek Mears. So if we stop at seven, the reboot never even happened. So, but yeah, I mean, I just, I mean, the ultimate point here, I guess I'm rambling now, but the ultimate point, I just don't see how he would have such a massive followership that insist that he, that no one else even compares based on one performance. And that's not to say it wasn't a great performance. It's just, I just can't fathom in my mind how many, many people could just be so ardent that this one performance is so much better than everybody else's because Ted White and Richard Brooker were so great. I just, if you're looking at just one movie, I just don't see how, if it's just one movie, White and Brooker to me are in a whole different category by themselves. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of arguments or speculations that could be made. Obviously, Derek is your favorite Jason, and he's only been in one film. So I could certainly see if other people, even if Kane was only in seven, if they if they thought that Kane was their favorite Jason, I, I wouldn't object to that. I, I wouldn't object to anybody's opinions anyway. We're all obviously entitled to our own. Yeah. But I, well, I'm, I not saying, think- I'm not saying that somebody would, he wouldn't be their number one. I'm not saying that. I'm saying just kind of going back to that ultimate question of would there be this this massive humanity who are insistent that he is by far and away head and shoulders above everybody else. I, I can't see how that would be the case. I think there'd still be people that consider him number one, but I don't think yeah, it definitely. would be something where if you suggest somebody else, I mean, we've seen it, Facebook, Twitter, these conversations, somebody suggests something other than Kane, and there's like this uprising of anger, which is fine. Like you said, you love Kane. I love Kane. I understand it, but I think if it was just the one performance, I, I just don't see how it, it, people would be as passionate in their support as they are now. Yeah, I don't think so either. Like you said, and I said, I could definitely see him being a number one on people's list, but some of it I think has to do with age also with the whole Kane's army thing. And that's depending on what age you were when you, if you were one of the people that were watching these films as they came out, depending on what your age was when you started watching them, let's say that the first film that you ever seen was part seven. And then all of a sudden, and, and this is at that time in the eighties. So you see part seven, you're like, Oh, this is badass." And then you watch eight and it's like, Oh, this is badass." And obviously you're seeing the same character. And then obviously Jason goes to hell and Jason X come out, you know, obviously way later, but still, so that's kind of what you knew. Now, if you were older when you got into it and actually you started watching them, back, you know, more as uh, the original 1980 film or even two or three. And you're, you're like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm used to Jason kind of like this. And then all of a sudden, eh, I don't know about this labored breathing zombie Jason. So I, I think age has something to do with that also, but maybe that's just my opinion. No, I think there's something to that. I, I think that uh, it's just, it's like you said, I mean, really it just comes down to, there are those people that your first exposure is, a very powerful one, particularly, you know, if you love this genre, you know, the first time, I mean, there's just look at Halloween. I mean, there's, there's no comparison. You look at Nick Castle playing Michael Myers and then everyone else who stepped in to do it afterward, it just doesn't, it just doesn't measure up. Um, It's not to say other people didn't do a good job, but you just get that implanted in your head. So 
like you said, if the first two or three films that you'd ever seen Friday the 13th and it's Kane Hodder and all of a sudden you're going back and you're watching part two or you're watching part three and you're, you know, you're watching Richard Brooker and he's a little, he's still human. You know, he's, he's running. He, he's a little, a little clumsy yet. You know, he's not quite perfected everything. Uh, you're going to look at it and be like, well, this isn't the character I'm accustomed to seeing. So I, I mean, I definitely think there's a, a valid point there in what you're saying. Yeah, like I said, for everybody, all the fans out there, everybody obviously has opinions and they're they're obviously entitled to them and, and I have no issue with that. But as you mentioned, just like on social media, sometimes when someone disagrees with a with a Kane's army member, they're like in front of the firing squad. It's like Jesus, you know? <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, come on. I'm not saying I dislike Kane by any means. I'm just saying, you know, uh I might not agree with Kane being the Jason, but I guess if you want to consider him as the Jason, if you're a huge fan of all those films, and frankly, I don't think that his films are the best in the series, but you know, does that have any, any bearing on my thought process on whether people would have the same opinion that they would have if he stopped in, in part seven? I mean, the quality of the films, I mean, that's not Kane's fault or what you deem as the quality of the films or what you have as favorites you got to do as you're directed, just like people might say Kurzinger, his version of zombie Jason was bullshit. I've heard a lot of people say that, but Mm -hmm. he was directed. So you're going to do as you're directed. Now, if he was given some leeway, might he have changed the character just like, like Kane put his take on the character. And that's certainly something else to consider also. So this whole topic is really just a, a very wide open thing as far as I'm concerned. Oh yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, I've always felt that that that's always an argument that you hear for people who maybe want to go in a direction away from Kane. It was like, well, if he was so great as Jason, the wire, the films that he were in were just not good. And there's so much that goes into that. I mean, not just director, you're talking about script, you know, you're, you're, you're talking about just the quality of the production. And I, I just think when you when you widen that scope and look at other things, sometimes you just judge performances based on what they are and not necessarily the product as a whole. I mean, something that comes to mind immediately for me is like when Tim Burton made Planet of the Apes. That movie, I did not think it was a good film. I, I thought it was all over the place and it was a disappointment, even though I was excited. That, okay, Planet of the Apes, great. Tim Burton, great. Good cast. And then it just fell on its face. But you look at Tim Roth's performance as you know the leader of the apes, in that movie, he was absolutely fantastic. And it's like, so you're not going to sit and say that that performance isn't great just because the film wasn't that good, you know? And uh, I mean, yes, the scripts and storylines that for the earlier films were better, you know, that's just the way it is. And, but I mean, I'm like you said, you, you can't judge Kane based on that just because, okay. You know, I, I look new blood. I, I like a new blood. Jason takes Manhattan, I think, is the worst of the group. <laughs> Jason goes to hell, has, you know, there's some elements. I think the idea was so good. And I'm one of the people, uh, even though it's just out of nowhere, I, I like the Creighton Duke idea. I've gotten to a point where Jason X is like a popcorn movie and it can be fun if you just let it be fun. But yeah, I mean, if I, if I were to come up with top five films in the franchise, none of Kane's would be on my list. But it doesn't, I mean, I still think he is absolutely fantastic, you know? So, I mean, it really, you get that double-edged sword there for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, Kane was on your list of top Jasons, but his films wouldn't be in your top, which is totally understandable. That just goes right. to show that you can actually portray a character, and hey, I've got a lot of respect for what you're doing in the film, but the rest of the film I'm not necessarily a fan of. So I mm -hmm. certainly can understand that. But like I said, there's a lot of other factors in there, and you know, people's opinions of these films. When Kane hopped on seven, obviously seven was a was a different beast. Eight, like you said, you know, it, it is what it is. I'm not gonna dive off that platform right now. But <laughs> so we look at Kane, he's going to Manhattan, he then is uh goes to hell, which is a totally different take from what anyone has ever seen with a Friday. Totally different scenario. We don't yeah. really see a whole lot of him in the film. And then right. we have Jason X where we're fucking putting Jason in space and we hadn't seen that before either. So really right. three of his films were just way outside of the box from what traditional Friday films were just being mm -hmm. at the lake and, and fucking killing people. So mm -hmm. do you take that into consideration also? And is that why some people don't necessarily care for some of the films? I mean, it, there's so many factors in there, but Regardless, I, I mean, if we stopped at seven, because I, I love seven. I think seven's a great film. Like I said, there might be things that kind of make you wonder uh, with the breathing and things of that nature. Because if you break it, break it back, you know, years back and look at all the, the classic zombie movies and even current zombie projects. I've said this before. Zombies don't they don't act like that. They don't breathe like that. But is it something that could work? Yeah. I mean, but that makes you also wonder, I mean, what, what's going on with the character that makes him like that? You know, is he alive again? You know, you could also raise that, that mm -hmm. idea too of, of, uh, you know, he uh, obviously is reanimated in part six with the lightning bolt. So now is Jason alive again, but why isn't he breathing? So, I mean, I could say the same thing about part six is, well, if he's alive again, why isn't he, why isn't he breathing? You know what I mean? Right, right. So yeah, that, that's certainly up for debate also. So I would definitely entertain all discussions on that theory. But once again, that's exactly what they are as theories. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, we can sit and, and break down different elements of things, you know, all day long. And uh, there's just the idea of coming any into any kind of consensus. Like you said, it's just, it's up to up to interpretation. Everybody has their theories. Everyone has their favorites. I think ultimately when I have these kind of conversations, and no matter what the topic is, I mean, I think the only thing you can ever do is just go into something with an open mind. And if someone has an opinion that differs from yours, it's just you're you're open to listening to whatever argument for or against someone has. It doesn't mean you have to agree with them. And I think that that's where a lot of like that idea of like the Kane's army and the fans out there that they just up in arms to, to someone, how dare you kind of thing, like disagree. And sometimes they just be open to the conversation. And, you know, I think ultimately somebody listens to this, this episode. I mean, if you take that away from it, I mean, that's all you can ever really do in, in, in any walk of life, you know, just don't, you can't look somebody in the face and tell them that they're absolutely wrong when what you're talking about is a matter of opinion. Yeah, definitely. And something that, I've thought about in the past too, and it crosses my mind every now and again is with the ferocity that Kane portrays in the character. What if Kane was human, Jason? I mean, holy shit. How would that have worked? <laughs> yeah, that would have, uh, now I think you start talking about that. That probably changes things quite a bit, even for me. 
Absolutely. Know? I think if Kane would have stepped in and been human Jason with the breathing, with the right. the quick movements and, and everything that we, we know Kane to bring to the screen, that would have been a game changer. Yeah, that in a way, I mean, just for me, that problem, now we're skyrocketing to number one. And, you know, some people might, yeah. well, really, what's the, what's the big difference? Well, there is a big difference when you, you know the franchise, you know the story, and, you know, that kind of uh, approach when you're not zombie Jason. Because, I mean, let's face it, I mean, Ted White, he was very aggressive. And, you know, I mean, he was just laying waste in the in situations. But you look at Brooker, you look at part two, you didn't see that. Not like you said, that that word I think is perfect, the ferocity. It's just and I like that. I have to say that's I mean, Derek Mears's performance was that way. Kane, if we're talking about a, a, as a human Jason, but I even look at that was the one element of the new Michael of uh, the new Halloween's, the Rob Zombies versions that I liked. That Michael Myers, there was just just unbelievable seething anger. I mean, I think there's something to that when people are stalking around and they're they're going hard, you know. They're looking to just do damage. I mean, I think that just adds so much to the performance. It's not this matter of fact thing, like oh, there's somebody. Okay, they're not alive anymore. I move on to the next one. You know, they're going to make sure that they get put down, and they're going to do it in a way that there's no mistaking those, that person's not getting up. And I, there's there's an intensity to that that is exciting. Absolutely. And if Kane were human, Jason, which would be if he were to portray that he's displaying characteristics of what you would expect a human version to portray. And I think that if he would have been afforded the opportunity, let's say to play uh, two, three and four, you know, uh, we'll just leave it at that or even three and four, that would probably be more of a fair comparison, but he he would be my number one, Jason. There, there's no doubt because the, you know, he's just a beast. I mean, his kill shots are great in the films and I just, he probably would be my number one. It's it's almost a a shame that we didn't get to see that version um, on the big screen. Now, however, we do see it in the game. When you play as part three in the game, it does kind of bring that thought to life, and which is pretty cool. And I think it definitely would have worked. Yeah. No, I mean, it's just it's uh, it's it's exciting to just think about that. How how different it really would have been. Just that one little detail that one little switch and how that would have changed everything i mean it's def- definitely an interesting thing to think about yeah and like you said with the maturity if you want to call it that between sort of the the clumsiness if you will in part three to what we then see with ted white and four if we'd never seen that if it was just all of a sudden we have badass kane hotter part three jason just shows up and just demolishes Mm-hmm. I mean, would that would that be would that make a big difference? And I think that it would. But did the studio want there to be some sort of clumsiness to the part three character that I've never really heard anybody address? You know, that could have been something that was literally not planned. It could have just been the way that the stunts happen, the way that the kills happen. I, I really don't know for sure. And Richard yeah, obviously I, is not around for us to ask. So, right. You know, but I think it's like you said, too. Right. It's like you said with the idea of direction. I mean, when you look at part three and you look at the story and how that progressed and the situations that Jason was in, it, I mean, it kind of called for some of that. Now, if it was deliberate or not, 
I mean, that's the way I look at it as when you look at the life of the franchise and where we went from two to three to four and how there, there seemed to be a progression. So in a way you look at it and think, well, maybe it was deliberate, but maybe it wasn't, you know, and maybe that's just the way the scene was. And this is the best interpretation of that scene and saying, Richard, maybe you should stumble here, you know, whatever the case may be. But like you said, ultimately, Mr. Brooker is no longer with us. So there's no way to ask that question. But again, this is for something that's uh, so far into the past. The fact that, you know, we can still have conversations that are, you know, exciting about it. I think it just speaks to just the overall greatness of the franchise. Oh, absolutely. And for the cosplayers out there or people that have been masked characters in films, no matter what level of film, I can speak from experience that when you're in full get up and you have that mask on and you have that hood and you can't hear and the sweat is pooling, it's hard. Mm -hmm. Things are hard. So doing these stunts, doing these kills, they're not as easy as they look on screen. Even with the crews that we have today and the technology that we have today, I can tell you firsthand that it is not as easy as it looks. So could some of the falling down or some of the other things that are going on that you do see in some of the films, could that be real? And I say that it certainly could be and that, that it might not necessarily be directed or it could be partially directed. But either way, the dynamics of what's going on could could definitely, I think, change a lot of opinions. If you've seen Kane as human Jason and never seen him as zombie Jason, and then you've seen the the CJ Graham version or the Ken Kersinger version from that point on, you know that would definitely change some opinions. I think. I, I think you're absolutely spot on. I I I can't argue with that at all. I agree completely. I mean, with Congress, I talk to a lot of Friday fans, as you know, and just like you do, you do also, whether that be at conventions or social media or whatever. But I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that that Ken in Versus was their favorite Jason. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say that. Obviously, that's a little bit different version of the zombie that we're used to seeing, obviously, with Kane and CJ's versions. So... Yeah, if, I, 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 I've not myself, and I, I really don't know if I ever will. I mean, obviously, continue to have interactions with fans and you know, have those conversations. But when I've thought about it in the past, the word that comes to mind when I think of, you know, Kersinger and Freddy versus Jason is oafish. And I, but I think, like you said, it didn't feel like that's just, this was his idea of how he was going to follow up Kane and he was going to have his, it was going to be his performance. And I really do believe that this is, you know, they're saying this is the direction we want to go. This is the way we want to portray that because let's face it in that scenario, as much as people love Freddie and Jason, Freddie was the star. And and more than anything, Freddie is funny and Freddie talks. And I think that they, I think they wanted that. That was the approach for that film that, you know, the humor and everything was going to be driven through Freddie and Jason was just going to kind of be there. And really it was just setting up for that final battle. But when you look at, I mean, just the walking around, I mean, I think we all understand, you know, Jason putting it in real terms. I mean, as a child and, you know, learning disability, whatever you want to say, not necessarily. I mean, he's not a Rhodes Scholar. Okay, let's face it. But have we ever seen a portrayal of Jason that seemed that dim-witted? I don't think so. And no. I think I think that, that 
that took away from it a little bit. I mean, I think that it really wasn't, it was more just about that. that to me, that movie was about Freddie. You know, it, yeah. it, it really was. And Jason was just the vehicle to tell the story. It's kind of like Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams, I mean, everyone thinks it's about baseball. It's not about baseball. It's about relationships and it's about regret. But they used baseball as the vehicle to get it there. And so that's how I look at that. Yeah, and I think that's definitely a good point. And I won't <clears throat> I won't necessarily agree completely, but I'm, I'm not going to disagree. I see what you're saying. And mm -hmm. I do, I do kind of go along with that theory in some way, shape, or form. But mm -hmm. obviously, when you have a director who has never seen a Friday film. So his idea of what Jason would be and often coined as the, the Frankenstein of the Jasons, which yeah, okay. It is what it is, but how would the film have been different if Kane would have been in that, if he, if he would have been Jason in Freddy versus and the director's telling him, yeah, I don't want the labored breathing. I don't want the sudden movements. We're going to ax all that shit. I just want you to be a Frankenstein, you know, would Kane might've, Kane might have walked off set. Who knows? I've never asked him that question. And now that we're actually, I've never thought about this ever, but now that we're talking about it and actually just, you know, saying it out loud. And as I'm thinking about it, even though they've never given a Kane a reason why they didn't want him to play that role in Freddy versus Jason, maybe that's why. Because they wanted someone that wasn't necessarily on par with Freddy. Because let's face it, the Jason that we saw in the four films that he was in was going to be a tougher adversary for Freddy than what we saw in the movie. And even though I know, you know, the end of the film, you know, Freddy lost, lost his head and offered the wink and all that other thing, but it was, it's still, he was the driving force in the movie. Whereas if Kane's playing that part, it's, it, it's more, it's less comical and it's more badass when you're talking about facing off with each other. You oh, of course. I mean? Yeah. That makes sense. Well, and I mean, you look at the prior films. I mean, look look at the height of Kane Hodder. Look at the height of C.J. Graham. And then obviously Ken is, is a little taller, but then you put him in lifts and you put him in boots. And now we have this towering uh, character and who's way taller than obviously Freddy. And that's that's what they were going for. And what, what you're saying obviously fits in very perfect. If you were to put Kane, even if you put Kane in lifts or whatever, but if you would have had this uh, towering character who's breathing really hard and the sudden movements and would it have worked? I mean, that's, that might be an idea for a future episode, but that's a great point. And, yeah. and there really has been no closure on the situation, but either way that that's definitely something to think about. Well, yeah. I mean, when you put it in real terms, would a studio executive want to look at somebody who, it helped the franchise so much and helped them make so much money and look him in the eye and say, for this movie, you're not what we're looking for when they already had in mind what they wanted. I mean, maybe that's why. And it's just out of respect for him. They've never come out and said it that way because it really does seem out of after all the, even if, I mean, think about it after all these years, why wouldn't somebody be like, Hey, look, this is, this is, this is how it played out. And no one's ever done that. You know, and for someone who's meant so much to the franchise and just to horror in general, it's so incredibly disrespectful to not just be upfront about it. But maybe in a way, they're just embarrassed that, you know, that we wanted, we wanted that oafish characterization and out of respect for him 
like you said, they thought he's probably never going to go for this. So let's just say we want to go in another direction, you know, because let's face it, Kane's very outspoken. You know, I mean, you read his book, you, you, you have conversation with him, the elements of things that they wanted him to do in some of the films, he's been very open about, I, I, I didn't like that, but that's what they wanted. Or I disagree with this, but this is the direction they wanted to go. You know, so if there was something where he knew right off the bat, you know, he, he wouldn't hold back. He would not say something and not that he would be trying to sabotage them, but he's, he's just, he's honest. You ask him a question and he answers it. And so maybe that was part of the scenario too. And of course, like you said, I mean, this, we're, all, we're just speculating here, but I don't know. It just, it, it all seems this, that seems to make sense to me. Yeah, definitely a lot of speculation there. I mean, for those who have read Chris Lake Memories and watched the documentary, et cetera, I mean, there's there's some information out there. Obviously, some of it doesn't line up, but it's definitely something to speculate on, which obviously mm-hmm. we're doing that right now. But uh, there's there's a, a lot of other things I could say just to just to go right along with the the theory, if you will. Um, but you know that that's that's probably for another episode. But Either way, uh, you know, Kane, was he deserving of the role? I, I think that he was just for the fact that he had been in four films and we're going to do the final send off of, of Freddy versus Jason, which had been in speculation or talks or whatever for a long time. So was he more deserving than anybody else? I mean, that's a, that's a matter of opinion also, but I would have been fine with Kane being Jason in, in FVJ. Yeah. And I mean, I, my perspective, I'm just, my nature is, is to be loyal. And uh, unless someone gives me a reason to go in another direction, I mean, I looked at Kane's performances, whatnot. I mean, he could play the character as long as he wanted to, as far as I was concerned, you know, uh, yeah. I, I just don't see, there was no reason his performance wasn't falling off. I mean, the success, I mean, the money that they were making, obviously, I mean, by the time you're getting to the last, the last couple of films, they weren't making the kind of money they were early on or in the middle of the franchise, but that's just, that's just life. I mean, that's going to be that way for anything. I mean, let's face it. Uh, I mean, just look at Halloween. I mean, those, those films, I mean, yes, they still made money, but did they make money like the first, the original, did they make money like the second one? No. You know, now the new one that'll come out next year, because people are so excited about it, maybe that would rival that kind of revenue. But, you know, the further you go into a franchise, you, you just, you're just not going to make the same kind of money. That's just, there's just no two ways about it. And that, that can't be to me, any kind of a factor in a decision. Yeah. I mean, when you're talking about spanning over a decade, once again, yeah. I'll take it back to the age brackets. You're involved with a couple different generations once you once you hit basic basically one film every year is damn near what it equated to but yeah regardless you're hitting a couple different generations it's kind of like uh you know take think back when you were in in high school and you you know you're a freshman and then even the seniors being three years older or vice versa you're into different shit Mm -hmm. so take that into a 10-year period and obviously you're going to have people like i mentioned earlier that might have been watching the films from part one. And then they're like, what the fuck is this shit in part seven or part eight or Mm -hmm. whatever. And they're not really a fan anymore. And Mm -hmm. I, I do have uh, acquaintances that have told me straight up. They're like, yeah, basically Friday stopped for me after part four. 
And I've heard, I've heard numerous people say that mm-hmm. and, and that, and that's fine. They love the shit out of one through four, but they don't really have any use for the rest of them. But you want to say, well, you're not a diehard fan or whatever. You could still oh. be a diehard fan all day long yeah. if you like one through four, but I understand why Friday would stop for them. I, I can't, I can't necessarily criticize that. Right. And you, like you said, you, you don't have to love everything, every offering to be a diehard fan or even just to be a fan in general. And like you said, I mean, one through four, it's a whole different universe. Things changed in five. They changed drastically in six and they only continued to do so. You know, I mean, the the leap from six to seven wasn't, you know, as big, but like you said, you start getting eight, nine, 10, it's a completely different feel in really nothing at all. Like it was at the beginning. And you know, for some people, they're like, hey, man, that's cool. And other people, like you said, people that are like, yeah, this isn't my cup of tea. And that's fine, too. You know, it really is. I mean, I've never really ran into anybody that was like one through four, love them, the rest of them. I can't stand it. I've I've not encountered that myself. But like you said, I can understand how people could feel that way. And I wouldn't fault them for it. Yeah. And another thing to consider also in the big picture of what we're discussing is CJ was originally up for the role in part seven. So what if he would have been Jason in part seven and we saw basically the same version that we've seen in six, but transpiring over into seven. And then all of a sudden Kane takes over in part eight, if that were to happen that way. And then we see a totally different version of Jason. So with that being said, which obviously we did see two different versions of zombie Jason with CJ's and then Kane's again in seven. So that, that might've necessarily, uh, played a part in some people's thought process on, on where Kane stood also. I mean, I don't know. It's all up for speculation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, uh, when you say that, it would have been interesting to see CJ and, you know, his approach in part seven, that really, that would have been interesting to see, but then, you know, it also raises the ultimate question. What then would Kane's favorite kill be? Because we would have robbed him of, of the sleeping bag if we went that way. So True. But yeah, you know, it's, I mean, it's fun to talk about, man. Like you said, there's no right answer. There's no wrong answer, but it definitely is. It's fun to talk about. It's definitely fun to think about. And even now, I mean, hell, we live and breathe this shit, man. We, you know, I write about it, you know, you're off, you do things with masks and memorabilia and you're talking to people and do, you're involved in other things as well. And just this conversation itself, I mean, things have occurred to me that have never occurred to me in 20 years. Well, like the, the, you know, prime example is probably Kane as human Jason. Have you ever thought about that? No, that never even crossed my mind until you said it. And now you're going to be thinking about that shit the rest of the day. Oh, I, I can promise you that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, promise you that. because like you said, in a way, just even just thinking about it for a second, you're like, oh, God, damn, you know, we, we missed something there, didn't we? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's a huge thing if you think about it. The what if Kane was human Jason and he actually did that in more than one film. I mean, that's that's a game changer, obviously. Absolutely. I mean Absolutely. And then what if he did continue on and then and then let's say Kane was three, four, six, and seven. I mean, then then what if? I mean if he continued the behavior or the portrayal the same, then you know, that, that would change things. So, I mean, it certainly is totally up to speculation in general. And that's the beauty of it with having 12 films and having someone who did portray a character 
the same way in four films compared to what we've seen prior. That's, that's the beauty of Friday. I mean, it's, it's the, it's the best horror franchise and you've got plenty to speculate on essentially. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'll always say it. I, I, I love horror. I love a lot of different franchises, but at the end of the day, I always come back to Friday. You know, that was when, when I was a kid, that was when I first kind of discovered all of this. And so it has a special place in my heart and that will never change. I mean, I'm involved in one podcast and it's this one and it's once, I mean, a couple of years, what hell three years back. I don't even know how long it was now, but I discovered that this podcast existed and I reached out because I wanted to be involved, you know, and I haven't done that with any other franchise and nor will I, you know, it's just, like you said, there's just, there's just something special about Friday the 13th. Oh, absolutely. I mean, 12 films. I mean, we're hopefully going to get another one in the works soon. That's obviously something that's being worked on. So we'll just leave it at that. But it's the biggest horror franchise with all the collectibles, with uh, all the films, T-shirts, hats, patches, pins, figures, the convention scene. You're rarely do you find a convention that lacks a Friday person. Now, granted, they do happen from time to time, but that's that's kind of rare. Some of the smaller ones, yeah, that's a little bit different, but your mainstream stuff like uh, Scarefest, Days of the Dead, the Monster Palooza, um, Monster Manias, you're always going to have Friday people there. And a lot of the alumni, they say Friday fans are the best, and I, I have to agree. I'm a big fan of some of the other horror uh you know, heavy hitters. I, I love Halloween. I love Nightmare on Elm Street. I have tons of collectibles and stuff from those films also. But like you said, you just go back to Friday and mm -hmm. it, it's, it's, it's something that's just, uh, it's crazy to even think about just like all the, the people that have been on the show, some of the alumni, they're like, you know, it's crazy that 35 years later, which mm -hmm. we just celebrated the Friday part three, 35th anniversary, uh, yep. just, just earlier this week. And it's just it's just awesome to see, and it and it's not going to slow down anytime soon. And I'm just glad to be, I guess, uh, a part of the train, if you will. Yeah, and I think it's like you said when you talk about conventions. Think about all the other horror franchises. There, there are characters that stand out. There are characters who continued on. I mean, you, if you're talking about Laurie Strode, or you know, you're talking about you know, Christy Cotton, uh, you know, whoever it might be, Nancy Thompson. Okay, fine. There's no other franchise like Friday the 13th where you could talk about like court from part six and people immediately get excited and there's, Oh, that guy is so funny. He's so awesome or whatever. You don't see those other franchises. Like, you know, name a character from curse of Michael Myers and people like stop and like have to think about it for a second. There is not just Jason. There are these characters from these movies where you just say the name and people immediately know who you're talking about. No other franchise in my opinion, anyway, comes close to that they just don't the other characters in those those movies are throwaways and let's face it friday the 13th i'm not saying that they're not i mean i'm not saying they weren't there to be disposed of but there there was a likability and a something memorable about so many of them you know jimmy mortimer i mean look at the crispin glover you know people how how many times a week do you see that gif of, of him dancing you know oh from true final chapter it's constant you don't see that with other movies when people do that if, if it's in halloween it's going to be laurie it's going to be michael that's the list or dr loomis with friday the 13th you see these other characters 
that are spread around all the time and people sit and get it, get excited about it. I've been doing, I do the Twitter here for, for this podcast and I've been doing that lately. Who's your favorite character from the different movies? And I'm just opening it up just because the responses are so awesome. And it's, it's never just one or two people. I mean, you get almost the entire cast that people are talking about. They're talking about the dogs. I asked somebody, you know, who their favorite character was in part two. Somebody said muffin. And I was like, that's maybe the best answer I've ever had. You know, it was, it, but that's what I'm talking about with the franchise. It goes so much further than just Jason. And I think sometimes it's people who don't really know the franchise that well, or, you know, don't pay as much attention. I just don't think they really grasp that. And it, it, it's, it's more than one character. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Obviously some of the other franchises, the nightmares and the Halloweens and stuff there, there's going to be a couple characters. There's a couple that I can think of. Kincaid obviously is, is a fan favorite, uh, you know, Jesse, Mark Patton. So you're wait, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying there's not characters. I'm just saying there's not as many. No, there's not, no. There's not one or two from almost every film. And Friday has that though. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And I see it too. And obviously when you have 12 films, you're going to have more characters. So I, I totally get that. But in the big picture, you are definitely correct. And I, I totally agree with that. All right. So with that being said, let's just wrap this up with final thoughts in general. So I'll leave it wide open and let you just roll with it. Final thoughts in general on Kane's army. I love that they exist. I love their passion. I love how much they adore Kane Hodder because I feel exactly the same way. Um, but I think, you know, sometimes they can be that mob mentality. I think, you know, they could, they can go on the attack sometimes. And I think, you know, just sometimes you just want to be like, Hey, take a breath. It's okay. You know, no one, no one's saying that Kane isn't great or, you know, that he's not, if he's not the best, he's definitely among them. And I don't think really anybody is going to argue that, but, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's refreshing that, you know, so especially in the horror genre, you know, someone who really is an icon to fans of the genre like you and I and and others that there's somebody who just towers so high and you know they they hold him in that esteem I love that I mean that's heartwarming but sometimes they can be a little aggressive that's all I'm saying (laughs) (laughs) yeah I know exactly what you mean and I can definitely appreciate the loyalty to what we call Kane's army I think it's great that he has the legions of fans out there and he does deserve that he did don the mask in four films and mm-hmm. nobody else has done that at least up to this point and probably never will. So I think it's great that he does have the loyalty and does have those people out there. Yeah. They can be a little bit, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to say offensive. They can be a little too loyal at some point. I mean, I've seen a lot of uh, internet arguing about that, but like I said, I, I think it's great that the loyalty is there. And as far as, uh, as far as that goes, if Kane were to be offered the next Jason spot, which I know people have talked about also, there's plenty of articles on that and plenty of chatter. And I say, great. Hey, if you want to bring Kane back, I'm fine with that. I may not be a, a super fan. I may not be uh, the captain of Kane's army by any means, but I, mm-hmm. I think Kane's great. I think Kane did a great job and his films may not be the best in the series, which is a matter of opinion or not all of them anyway, but, like I said, it's all speculation and it's what you interpret or what you expect to see. And I have the most respect for Kane and I just, uh, you know, I think he's great and I wish him the best in all of his future projects. And hopefully we can get him on the show one of these days soon. 
Yeah, that would be fantastic. I mean, Kane, I've had the opportunity to interview him a couple of different times, and he is definitely a good interview. So it would be fantastic if we were able to sit down with him one night. Yeah, definitely. And he's aware of the show. I, I see him pretty regularly, and he's a busy guy. And he's oh, yeah. involved in a lot of projects. And obviously, he does have a, a documentary that's uh, coming out in the near future. We can give a plug to that, too. Kane's lived a very interesting life and he's well-traveled. He's been in a lot of films that most people probably have no idea that he's even been in. Yeah. And, uh, you know, check him out on IMDb and see for yourself. But the guy is definitely an interesting story. And, and, and if you're listening, Kane, uh, definitely hit us up and we will get you on as soon as possible. Um, otherwise, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a matter of speculation for me. So I, I'm not, I'm not a hater, but I'm not necessarily uh, a captain or a lieutenant of Kane's army. I just, I have my thoughts and opinions on the movies. I think he did a great job. But other than that, uh, if he only did part seven, he would still be on my totem pole of top Jason's, but Mm -hmm. he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't break uh, my top three that I originally had. And that's fair. Like I said, he, he would, he would get my third spot. Um, that's also if I'm sorry, I had a little stumble there. Uh, that's also to me, like the conversation we had that if everything ended at seven, he would be in my top three. And gotcha. if he only, if he'd only done seven and the other films existed and Derek Mears is still there, then he would fall out of my top three. Gotcha. Well, like I said, I mean, everybody has their opinions and I, I won't uh, disagree with that, but he would, uh, he would be in my, in my top five, but he wouldn't break my top three from what we originally discussed. I, I, I love the the ferocity in Seven. Seven was different than all the other films, obviously, with the variety of kills and mm-hmm. things that you see. So uh, kind of an innovative movie in the franchise, if you will. So, mm-hmm. But he wouldn't break my top three, but he would be in the top five. I will say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think there would ever be a scenario where he wouldn't be in the top five for me. So I agree with that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. But like I said, with all the speculation and the one thing that I will say before uh, we wrap this up is I would really like to see uh, Kane portray a human Jason. I think that would have just been a total game changer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you said, I'll be thinking about that for the rest of the day. And that is true. I think if, if Jason or excuse me, if Kane had had the opportunity to play human Jason, I think then he would be. Absolutely, number one, especially if he had played it four times, like we like we talk about now, if it was more than one performance. One performance would have been really, really high, but more than one, I don't think you... I think most people, the vast majority, beyond Kane's army, would agree then that he was number one. Oh, definitely. It, it wouldn't be Kane's army, it would be Kane's universe at that point. <laughs> Kane's universe, yeah. Well, all right, that wraps up another episode of Return to Camp Blood, so please rate and review wherever you listen to the show. If you have any questions or comments, you can contact us on our Facebook page or you can email at feedback at campbloodpodcast.com. This episode was brought to you by Friday the 13th Franchise.com. Until next time.